Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petropoulos, here with the only two twins that just released their rankings on our brand new website, BrotoFantasy.com. Oh, boy. B-R-O-T-O-F-A-N-T-S-A-Y.com. Come on, man. Yo, you definitely... Wow, I spelled it wrong. That's how we're going to introduce it to the world with spelling? I spelled it wrong, too. Uh, you know what's funny? I'm so bad at spelling that... I said that. S-A-Y instead of A-S-Y. I didn't even notice. Um, anyway, we have a new website. We will get into that and the entire match is three. Coming at ya. Coming at ya right now. So brotofantasy.com is the place to be. Uh we we wanted to release the have a hub for the rankings. Uh, as you guys know, we talked about the anonymous animal. Uh, unfortunately, R.I.P. Anonymous Animal. R.I.P. Anonymous Animal. Because we're not gonna be able to see that. What was anymore. the last ever one? The uh, something. The Jack. Know. The Jack Rabbit or something. The Jack Jackalope. Something with the Jackalope. Jackalope sounds right. Uh, even if it wasn't Jackalope, I want our last animal to be a Jackalope. <laughs> so uh, agreed. Yeah, we want to get you guys something to get the rankings uh, and you know show links. Uh, it's a work in progress. Um, as we go further into the Brodo uh, hemisphere, we are going to be updating it and updating it. For now, it's just a, a hub for the picks. Uh, very simple. And the and podcast. podcast. And the podcast. Flavors. So it's it's very easy to uh, navigate. So just go over there and navigate. You can do it on your mobile. You can do it on your uh, you can do it on your desktop, laptop, anywhere that you can get the internet. So BrotoFantasy.com is the place to be. And you're going to want to be there because of our fantasy advice. So let's get right into our fantasy advice. Unless you guys want to say anything about Brodo.com before we move on. Protofantasy.com. Let's not mess up the name already. Uh, yeah, so we spelled it wrong known. and we said it wrong. That's how you know we're just started. All right, so let's go to our first game Thursday night. Our New York Jets at the Browns. This game is a 39.5 under over in Vegas right now. So uh, Vegas predicting a low-scoring affair. Thursday night games, despite what you saw in the first two Thursday night games, usually are low-scoring affairs. Um, so usually the fantasy options in the games aren't going to be as prolific as usual but let's talk about this game in particular let's start with the Jets running game um Kroll and Powell have both not been great although uh, Powell has been getting their receptions right so uh, one interesting thing about running backs the running backs um are getting crazy amounts of receptions so far this year you see it a lot Saquon Barkley got 14 uh Christian McCaffrey got 13 uh they're a 14 lot as well. Oh, 14 as well. So there's there's a lot of guys getting a lot of uh, catches. Bilal Powell is one of them. So with that being said, Jason, if you have Isaiah Crowell, do you consider starting him as a, the revenge factor in this game? No, I I didn't even realize it was revenge factor. I guess I see it. Uh, Browns Crowell, yeah. But like you said, Bilal Powell is the pass catching back in that backfield. Isaiah Crowell's averaging 12 touches a game, and none of that is coming from catches. So really, he needs to get into the end zone for him to give you anything. Or or have a five yards per carry, six yards per carry clip, which he's not going to have. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Week one, Bilal Powell only had one target, but that was more because just the Jets are destroying the Lions. Yeah. They're, that's not really going to happen that much this year, let's be realistic. And last week he had six targets, so I think that's more on par with what's going to happen. Five catches, 74 yards, and one touchdown, so a, yeah. a good game for Bilal. Jeremy Bates, the offensive coordinator, is a guy who likes to throw uh, short, easy passes, and that fits right into Powell's style. I, I'm i cool with starting Bilal Powell in my flex this week. I have him in my flex in a 
12 team league half PPR. Uh, Isaiah Crowell, not so much on the other hand. I have Powell ranked as my 23rd running back. Isaiah Crowell 30. Uh, uh, so I'm I'm a little. I don't I don't agree with you there much about I think Isaiah Crowell is a solid flex option. I think this week I would consider flexing him. Uh, he had 12 carries last week in a game where the Jets were behind for a lot of it. Uh, Powell got the pass catching work, but. Crowell was still mixing in there with rushes. Powell only had five rushes, so it seems like he's the main running back on the team, really. And I don't, I don't see the Jets getting blown out at all by the Browns. Should be a close game, ground and pound on a Thursday night. I could see Crowell getting upwards of fifteen rushes tomorrow. Uh, all right, so that's the running game. Let's go to the passing game of the Jets. Uh, I, I still don't think you can trust Sam Darnold to start unless you're in a two quarterback league. No. So yeah, are we in agreement on that? Of course. Yeah. yeah, so we're in agreement on that. But his weapons are startable, specifically Quincy and Unwa. After the big first week, 7 for 92 last week, uh, clearly the number one target, clearly the possession receiver. Um, is Quincy and Unwa a guy that you could trust not only this week but going forward as a every week number three wide receiver three? Uh, let's let's also not forget about Quincy and Unwa that he was literally, you could not be more open in the end zone last game and Darnold. Missed him. That's true. He, he almost made a crazy like fingertip catch right at the edge. Very true. But he wasn't able to corral it, which would have gave him over a hundred yards and a touchdown last week. And he just picked up right where he left off. Got actually one more target than he did in Detroit because Darnold did pass more, which makes sense. But he just he's clearly the guy for Sam Darnold, and uh, I don't see why that changes ever really. Anunua is a matchup nightmare, and if you're Sam Darnold, you get to throw to a six four guy across the middle of the field. Michael, if it ever looks like I'm not paying attention to you, it, it, I am. You just have a giant pimple on the side of your head, and I just keep I know. staring at it. It's the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. I know. i got to pop it. Can I, I pop it? Can I pop it? You're a weirdo. I have, I have a weird thing where I like to pop so pimples. Weird. Please, weird. stop it. <laughs> Jason, Robbie Anderson, you were pretty high on him uh, coming into the season. Uh, now, Jason's takes are usually correct, but this one, he did. He was off a little bit. So, what do you? if you are a Robbie Anderson order, what are you trying to do with him right now? Because last week... Uh, three catches for 27 yards coming off a week where he only had one catch. Uh, to put that into perspective, Terrell Pryor had four catches for 84 yards last year, la- uh, last week. So you could say Robbie Anderson is the third option on that squad. Um, what are you thinking for Robbie Anderson this year? Yeah, coming into the season, I liked Robbie Anderson just because of his upside where he's being drafted. I got him in the sixth round in a couple of drafts, and there I feel like it's a good shot. You're getting either your second or third wide receiver, or maybe even your fourth if you're going wide receiver heavy. So I feel like it's a good shot to take a chance on a guy who almost had 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns last year. So that's why I liked him where he was being drafted, but so far it's definitely been a disappointment. And it has a lot to do with the offense that they're running. Jeremy Bates is a West Coast guy, and it makes sense for a young quarterback. He's letting him get the ball out quickly. But it's also, you know what's funny? In my head last week, I didn't say it out loud, but they said that on TV, how it's a quick, a fast offense, and now it's easier for Darnold. And I thought to myself, yes, but if I'm a defender, I'm jumping all these routes, and I'm taking one to the house. And then literally the next play, he threw an interception on a slant to a defender. It wasn't taken to the house. So the Jets are going to have to switch it up a little bit eventually. They can't just be running these short passes all the time. And uh, Robbie Anderson should be the deep guy that he goes to when he has the speed to burn people. So I feel like as the season goes on, he'll become more reliable. Right now, I don't love him as more than a wide receiver four play. Would you start him this week? Uh, I'm forced to in some leagues, uh, but I have him ranked at 41, so I have him just outside. I have him as a wide receiver four. So I'm actually I'm 
again, I'm going to have to disagree with Jason here. Uh, I think you have Robbie Anderson is a pretty solid guy to target if you could trade someone who you took in like the 10th round. Like, I mean, if someone still needs a running back, if you want to trade like a Peyton Barber or something. Or like a Tariq Cohen or something like that. Yeah. Because he's a guy that I'm... Well, I was saying his outlook is going to get better uh, as the season goes on. Because we saw the first game, the deep ball potential with the 40-yard touchdown. And then last week, he didn't get the deep balls. But he was also involved more near the line of scrimmage. He had five targets, three receptions, 27 yards, and he caught a couple screens. So even when he wasn't getting the deep ball, he was being more involved actually at the line of scrimmage. And... He also had to face Zavin Howard for a lot of the game, who is a young stud cornerback in the league. So going against the Browns this week, I would not be surprised if Robbie Anderson's able to have a solid game. I prefer a Nunwa, but I could see both of them having solid games. Let's go over to the Browns. Tyrod Taylor, 246 in the air with a touchdown at the end to salvage his day, really. Um, four carries on the ground for 26 yards. Um, Tyrod Taylor, is he a guy that you were thinking about streaming this week? Uh, he he showed last week how if he doesn't rush for like 40 yards, 50 yeah. yards, then he's kind of a below-average fantasy quarterback. I'm definitely on the other side of the coin with you and Michael here. Michael has Tyrod Taylor ranked as his quarterback 24 or something of that sort. I asked you about it earlier. You you don't like him as a play this week either. I would, I would play him in a two-quarterback league, but I don't like him as a top 12. I TV. have him ranked at 14. I think he's a decent streamer this week just because the Jets are not very good at stopping him on the run. If you look at his time with the Bills, his last four games against the Jets, he's finished as a quarterback one. And Ryan Tannehill just last week had 44 rushing yards against him. Tyrod Taylor, the last two times he played the Jets, had 35 and 38 rushing yards with one rushing touchdown. So if he's getting, if he's being handed 40 rushing yards, basically, that's already four points that he's starting off with. He, If he has an average game, he's getting you 19 points. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, the reason I don't really like... T-Mobile this week is because he's so dependent on his legs and the Jets have been getting to the quarterback yes I know he um, he's good running the football obviously that's why he's been fancy viable for the last three years but it should be a pretty ugly game and I don't see him throwing for more than one touchdown if that let's go to his weapons Antonio Callaway after Josh Gordon was kicked out of there. We haven't talked about that yet. We will when we get to the Patriots. But after Josh Gordon was traded to the Patriots, which, by the way, yo, NFL, what's good? <laughs> Honestly, what's good? Like, no one can do better than no a fifth-round fifth pick round for this pick. guy? Just to keep him away from the Patriots, at least? I said it on Twitter. I said it to you. If I'm an AFC team, if I'm the Chargers, I'm giving up a fourth-round pick for Josh Gordon. Yeah. Even if I have no intention of playing him, I do not want him on the Patriots. Jason said, Jason said, everyone, the, the people who are most at fault for this happening is the entire AFC. But um, Antonio Callaway, he gets a shot. He played 81% of the snaps last week. Three receptions for 81 yards and a long touchdown at the very end. Um, is Antonio Callaway a guy who you're targeting on your waivers? Well, the waivers are gone, but if you, are you targeting him if he's available? And also, is he a guy that you would play this week? We thought he was a decent waiver pickup. Uh, definitely not something I'm playing this week. He's had, he has five targets on the season. And Josh Gordon played the first game, sure, but Callaway really hasn't been that involved. Higgins has been running as a wide receiver, too. He has 10 targets on the season. If Callaway didn't catch that one bomb, then people wouldn't really be saying his name. So the talent is there. The opportunity should be there. But right now, against the defense, has been very good against the pass so far this year. Callaway should not be in lineups. Michael? Agreed. I'm not starting Callaway. Um the Jets, the Jets cornerbacks have been playing well to start the year, and Tara Taylor's already bad enough where he can't even really support one receiver. How's he going to support two? I will say this. Antonio Callaway, I would pick him up if he's available, and then I would wait 
Because if the Browns continue to lose games, Baker Mayfield will get in the game. And if Baker Mayfield gets in the game, I always I have a golden rule. Number two receivers with backup quarterbacks. That's who you want to go with your backup quarterback. And him and Antonio Callaway were like, uh, like they were the, a match made in heaven during the preseason. So I would pick up Callaway and stash him if you have that spot on your bench. Jarvis Landry coming out of the slot. Uh, the Jets have struggled so far this year against the slot guys. Um, Buster Screen. I'm, I'm expecting a big day out of Jarvis. Yeah, Screen has been the most vulnerable of all their cornerbacks. Uh, they have Johnson, Tremaine Johnson, and Claiborne on the outside. And Screen has been attacked, and he's given up a touchdown and 119 yards. That's just on him, but watching the Jets, it seems like he's given up more. Every time there's a big play given up, it seems like Screen is the guy that's giving it up. And uh, Landry is the main receiver there, especially with Josh Gordon gone. Fun fact about the Browns, this is going to be... I saw this and I was very surprised. They lead the league in drives that end up in their opponent's territory. 18 drives that ended up like that, but they only have seven. They've only scored on seven of those drives. A lot of that has to do with Zane Gonzalez. Mm. It's not like Screen is a bad slot corner. And he hasn't been great. He has Travis Landry, I have him as a low-end wide receiver too just cause, because of the targets, but his ceiling is limited because of Tyrod Taylor and because of the Browns' offense. I don't know, man. I, I got a feeling about Jarvis. I think he's going to go off. Jarvis has a history of going off against the Jets. Let's go Let's go over to another pass casting option. David Njoku has been super inconsistent this year. Seven receptions for 33 yards on the entire year. Ugh. Um, he's a guy that I was super high on. I know that uh, not, not I, I can't say super high on, but in terms of tight ends, I thought he was going to be a startable tight end. So far, he's not. Um, what are your thoughts on Njoku? has seven Njoku. targets in... Each game, he's getting the looks. Uh, so I think you just got to keep riding with him if you have him. There aren't many great options in the back end of the tight end pool. So we have Njoku as our 10th tight end. I think as long as the opportunity is there, you got to take a shot. Yeah. What are we doing with Duke Johnson if you're a Duke Johnson owner? I don't think you start him this week. I don't think what there's any have? way. I think he has um, 11 touches on the season. Yeah, so Hugh Jackson, this is one of the most Browns thing ever because they just gave Duke Johnson a huge contract extension. Yeah. And then they're not using him. They said they want to get him more involved this week. It makes sense. Uh, Carlos Hyde, he's been getting a ridiculous amount of touches, and he's not really been doing anything with it. He had 22 attempts for 62 yards week one rushing, and then 16 rushes for 43 yards in week two. And he's only had three targets in both those games, so he's either touchdown or bust, really. And uh, I think Duke Johnson's going to be more involved in both parts uh receiving and rushing this week but i don't i'm not playing him if i have him yet is carlos Hyde a playable option for you this week uh yeah just because it's it's a thursday i i like running backs on thursday nights i think those are the only people who actually it doesn't really affect them as much um i'm not super excited about it i haven't been running back 25 but he's definitely playable jason agreed all right, let's move on to our second game here, unless there's someone else you want to talk about. Both on the defenses Browns. are in play. Both defenses are def- definitely in play, especially the Jets who have been getting pressure. Um, the Vikings uh, are next. They are at home against the Bills. Guys, get this. They are 17.5-point favor right now, and I'm probably going to bet the Vikings. It, it might be a little low, not going to lie. It might be a little low. Here's my only issue with this. Of course you like all the players in this game. But there is a high possibility that they put to take their foot off the go- off the gas at halftime. It's okay. Yep. That's what all the teams have done. But like you see, like Keenan Allen didn't right. really do much against the So what, who I'm worried about is a guy like Stephon Diggs. If you're a Dalvin Cook owner, he has a bad hamstring. Do you even chance it? Or does yeah, Latavius Murray, Murray see play. all the... 
I think Latavius Murray is a startable option this Latavius week. Latavius Murray, if Dalvin Cook, if Cook is, is out. out, is such a great start. Even if Dalvin Cook is in, no. he's hobbled. And th- listen, listen to my theory. I'm, I'm with Timmy here. I'm he's, gonna... Dalvin Cook's hobbled, and they're it, everything says so far that they're going to get out to a big lead. Why continue to run Dalvin Cook? I would then switch over to Latavius Murray. Yeah. And if you're and if you're running out clock, you're going to give Murray the ball. Even if Murray can only get like 12 carries, it might be flex worthy. I mean, the Bills have given up the third most points to running backs already this year. They've given and up 10 touchdowns. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And uh, I – Cook missed practice today, um, I think he might have gotten a limited. A limited. If he – I think there's a good spot for him to break out after two fairly mediocre games. But it's it's a little worrisome. Dalvin Cook is last he's not able to practice in full at one point. And yards week. before contact. There's two ways we can look at that. One is that the offensive line is not helping him. Two is that he's not missing people. Interesting. I still I still love Dalvin Cook as a breakout candidate this week, but I mean, if he practices in full, I'm feeling a lot better about it. If you ask me my opinion, I think we're taking too long in this game already. Yeah, so it's really sad that LaShawn McCoy might not play and Chris Ivory isn't even an option. Yeah. Like that's unbelievable. So before we we perform on to the Bills, Kirk Cousin, start and expect big things. Of course. Dalvin Cook, start. I just got to say something. Adam Thielen, my love. Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, start. The panic about Kyle Rudolph seeing two targets and having a touchdown week one. Well, guess what? He saw eight targets last week. Yeah, seven catches for 72 yards. He's definitely in play as well. He is one of five tight ends so far this year to be a tight end one both weeks one and two after all the fuss after week one, after we told you guys to chill. There you go. He's He's one of five tight ends, including Will Disley, Jesse James, and a couple other surprises because Gronk scored two and a half last week. He's not even there. Yeah. Um, man, you're not starting Josh Allen. No. Um, how about Marcus Murphy? He's the pass catching back. For those of you who don't know who Marcus Murphy is, no. he's the pass catching <laughs> running back, and they're going to be down. The they're not going to have LaShawn. The answer is no bills. I know we Always. touch on every fantasy relevant player, but once we're pulling Murphy out of the hat, I mean, we're going too far into the. All right, so uh, let's move on then to the next game. Uh, The next game on the slate is the Giants at the Texans. Somehow the Giants have all this talent and look completely, ridiculously, horribly bad. Um, Jason dropped a gem, and I reminded people on VM. I I don't know if you listened to the VM this week, but I I credited you, and I dropped a gem where Jason said, everyone loves Ingram, OBJ, Saquon Barkley, and Sterling Shepard in fantasy this year. But no one loves Eli. It doesn't make any sense. And you're looking at Eli kind of drag down the team. Saquon Barkley, let's talk about him first. 14 receptions for Saquon Barkley. Do you know what his average, uh, like where he caught the ball Dude, was? average depth of target. Let me, it was negative, right? Negative, negative one yard. Negative, I couldn't yeah. believe my eyes. Negative one yard. So he's not getting, they're not designing routes. He has the lowest amount of yards ever for anyone who's ever caught 14 passes, 80 yards. So, Crazy. yeah, so he's not. It's not like they're designing plays for him. He's just a safety valve. Um, but if you're in a PPR or half PPR and Saquon Barkley's catching you, getting seven points, you're strictly off catches, you're loving it. 11 carries for 28 yards, uh, 14 catches for 80 yards. Uh, I expect big things from Saquon at, against this Texans defense. As do I. He has 45 touches this season. I mean, yeah, uh, it's all about all about volume, and Barkley's there. Um, are, you're not starting Eli Manning. Nope. No, no way. Uh, what about in a two-quarterback league? Would you consider it? No. Yeah. I have him as a quarterback 24 or I don't 25. I start him. 
So don't start Eli Manning. He's not an option yeah, here. I've stopped ranking him in my top 25. Evan Ingram uh, had a garbage time touchdown coming off uh, kind of a good game. Seven receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Very good game, but, you know, some of it was done in garbage time. Um, Evan Ingram against the Texans this week. How do we feel? It was basically all done in garbage time. It was all done in garbage time. I lost in a fantasy league because of the garbage time touchdown. Michael Very was texting our group chat just... You guys don't know, like, Michael on this show it doesn't get into it. When Michael gets angry, there's nothing that stops this guy from dropping a, an F-bomb every other word and, like, just, like, saying the most wild. Dude, it was 23 like, with a minute You left. have a demon inside you, Michael. And then just they fucking you know. recover an outside <laughs> kick, too. <laughs> just just icing on top of the cake. But, yeah, like we said all along, too many mouths to feed. That's why we weren't drafting Ingram anywhere near his ADP. I'm selling him high to anyone who's willing to accept him as a sell high after seeing his stat line last week. If they weren't watching the Giants game, I think it actually was relevant because it wasn't. So, yeah, that's my that's how I feel about Ingram. Are you starting him this week? We have him at 13. You have to. You have to start him this week. We have him at 13. Really? Yeah. Listen, really? Dude, the Texans... Uh, Garbage time was the only time he got looks. Yeah. Uh, the J.J. Watt and J. Davion Clowney are going to be on the field together for the first time. Again this year, since last year, uh, Eli's going to be rushed early and often as he was last year. I'm a bit worried about OBJ as well, unless he catches a long catch and run slant, which is like his trademark move, or he gets targeted like 14 times. He might have another down game, and if he does, it's kind of like David Johnson ish, really bad team. I'd be a little worried about it. I'm not too worried about OBJ. He's surpassed 100 yards one time in the last three years against Detroit. There's just something, I mean, against Dallas. There's just something about that team. He struggles against them. Uh, facing Houston, he's going to either go against Joe, uh, Jonathan Joseph, who's 34 years old and past his prime, or Batamosi. So they're not doing a bad job against wide receivers, though, so far. Yeah, but those aren't names that are going to stop OBJ. Their best cornerback is Aaron Colvin, who's going to get rid of uh, Shepard. Sterling Shepard shouldn't even be on a team. We say this every week. Yep. So that's all we're going to say Shepherd about him. Shepard is another guy. We had no idea yeah. why his ADP was so high. Uh, so I don't have a problem with I think OBJ is going to have a good week. The Giants O-line, though, that shit was atrocious. It's it's like they never saw a football field before. It was so bad. It's easy to look that terrible as well, though, when your quarterback is that terrible. And, and how he holds the ball for so long. Okay. Uh, Deshaun Watson owners are definitely not happy with the production that he's been having. Um 310 yards and two TDs in the air last year, last week, but uh, five also five carries for 44 yards. So a, a pretty decent fantasy game. Yeah. So he, did, but still not the type of like Deshaun Watson amazingness that you're expecting when you draft him in the fourth round, right? So if you're a Deshaun Watson owner, are you feeling like all right, he's getting his feet under him and it's going to be all right, or are you worried because listen against the Titans with Blaine Gavard's quarterback? If I were Deshaun Watson, he put up 24. I don't know what more you want him to do. If I'm a Deshaun Watson owner, I'm encouraged by last week because Will Fuller was in the game. Deshaun Watson is a completely yep. different player when Will Fuller's around. Will Fuller in his five games with Deshaun Watson is the wide receiver 6, 8, 21, 3, and 6. It's unbelievable. That's his favorite target. And then he has DeAndre Hopkins, who's also seeing 11 targets a week as well. And Hopkins is... It's basically the only two people he passes to. So, yeah, exactly. So, when Fuller's out, he just has Hopkins. And then when Fuller's in, he has two options that he trusts and can throw to. And he plays much better. So, as long as Will Fuller's playing, I'm happy with Deshaun Watson. So, let's talk about Will Fuller then. Also, Eight. real quick. Yeah, uh, the Giants only have one sack on the year. And the Texans, their O-line. Watson's been struggling because he struggles against pressure. So, if Olivier he's Vernon's not being pressured out. often, he's going to have he's right. going to kill it. Just so we're reminded, last year, the pass 
blocking portion of their tight end grades worse in NFL history by PFF. <laughs> Just saying. Will Fuller is back, and so is DeAndre Hopkins. Fuller, eight for 113 and a touchdown. Hopkins, six for 110 and a touchdown. You're obviously going to play Hopkins every week, so we don't got to talk much about him. And, and this is a matchup that's not plus, it's not minus. It's right in the middle. Expect DeAndre Hopkins to be DeAndre Hopkins. But Will Fuller, this is a guy that, you know, burst back on the scene. 113 yards. Are you confident if you're a Will Fuller? If you're, are you trying to acquire Will Fuller from someone who may be like not really in the if know? If they're trying to give him cheap and they don't believe in him, yes. I'm finally jumping on the Fuller bandwagon. There's, there's only so long you could wait until it's not a fluke. And like I just said, five games, four of them, he's been a wide receiver in the top eight with Deshaun Watson. They have a rapport, and you gotta buy into it at this point. Yeah, agreed. I think he's a solid wide receiver too. And um, I mean. His injury history is the only reason why I wouldn't trade a lot for him. But mm-hmm. if someone's willing to get rid of him cheap, I don't I don't see why not. I'm currently trying to get Will Fuller. My package was Rex Burkhead and John Ross. John Ross. It's in a it's in a it's in our Brodo League. Dynasty. So I probably shouldn't I mean, be talking keeper? about it. Yeah, Dynasty. But John but Ross. John isn't Ross good, shouldn't be rostered. So. Yo, guys, you're really cock-blocking on my trade right now. Um, Lamar Miller. Trade for John Ross immediately. <laughs> 14 carries for 68 yards. Uh, in the passing games, two catches for two yards. Spectacular. Uh, the most Lamar Miller-ish line uh, I could possibly read off. But, you know, he is still up there with the league in the top five in yards in general from running backs this year. And uh, But are you concerned a little bit that Alfred Blue got himself seven carries for 36 yards? Yeah. Um, Lamar? Lamar Miller's been... Super mediocre, kind of as expected. But just, it's just who he is. That's what he does. And he's he also gives you running back two numbers. He's also yeah. not being involved in the passing game. He's had four targets over two games. And he's like Alfred the new. Blue, he's like the new Frank Gore. Sorry, Alfred Blue stole a third of the rushes last week, which he was a lot more efficient with those rushes as well. I know Alf, he averaged over five yards per carry. Not a now. lot more efficient. Uh, Alfred Blue was at five point one, and Lamar Miller was at four point nine. So uh, similar production. Houston's been in comeback mode a lot. Even last week, they went down early to Houston, uh, to Tennessee. So I'd like to see Lamar Miller in a closer game. This should be it. I feel like he'll be on the field more, get a few more looks in the passing game as well. All right, let's move on to the next game. Packers at Redskins. Um, the Redskins went, it was a tale of two teams for the Redskins, but let's go to the Packers first. Let's see uh, what their offense has in store for us. Great game last week for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, 281 yards in the air and a touchdown. Are you, it, uh, now, if you're a Rodgers owner, obviously you're starting him every week, but how concerned are you for the knee? I'm not very concerned. The Vikings are the Vikings. He that, those are, That's a typical line that he's going to have whether he's healthy or not against Minnesota. So I'm not really concerned about Rogers that. Rodgers did say that he's a little worried about the knee getting worse, though. But he has no idea if it's going to get better or worse. So we'll see. The big mediocre Jamal Williams was mediocre again. 16 carries for 59 yards. Uh, everyone's favorite line in the fantasy world is he's an excellent pass blocker. So that's it's why true. he'll that's why he'll have time on the field. But now Aaron Jones comes back, who's matter. clearly the better runner. I'm so opposite of Jason on this. It's crazy. I think I lean on the Jones side as well. Aaron Rodgers. The Packers came out in shotgun. Over ninety percent of the time last week because of his knee. Exactly. Nothing's not changing. Run the ball ever. He's not going to wake up and be fine. Should we come out in shotgun? Do you know who was in as running back when Rodgers got hurt? It was Ty Montgomery, a not pass blocking running back. Someone who has had history with not pass blocking. If you're the Green Bay Packers and you have Aaron Rodgers, who do you want back there? 
A guy who's going to give you one more yard per carry or a guy who's going to block Aaron Rodgers? What's the running back's job? Strictly to pass protect? That's but they barely run. Dude. No. Aaron Jones is not going to get enough work. He'll get no, 10 man. carries a game. Fine. Dude, Jamal Williams has been super inefficient all year. I'm not arguing for Jamal Williams. I'm saying neither of them are going to be Interesting. very good. But you're saying Aaron Jones comes in next week, gets seven carries, runs for 40 yards. He doesn't at get five more carries in next week? And that, I think my, I think you're on it. I think you, it's, it, the real answer is somewhere in the middle of both of you. I think you roster Aaron Jones if you can, but you don't start him this week. Of course not. You wait on it. And then if he ends up getting 12 carries, 13 carries, and a couple of passes out of the backfield, he becomes a starting option. If I had to choose between one of them today, I'm taking Aaron McCarthy Jones. McCarthy already said Jamal Williams, Williams is behind Jones and Jones is behind Williams and Montgomery. Yeah, because he's been out two games. And well, my argument in here is neither are worthy. Okay. Uh, sure, have them on your team. I just don't see the upside of everyone. La Renaissance. Jimmy Graham comes back, six receptions for 95 yards. Um, is what, this? What did he just do? Yeah, I don't know. La Renaissance is the Renaissance. La Same, what happened to the soundboard? You gave it up. Oh uh, yeah, it, it, it was, was bad. Do you know what it was? I don't know if anyone noticed, but like the dings of my text messages coming up on my phone were happening because it was connected. Every once in a while, because it's because it's in my because it's in my computer. And my computer's connected to in my phone. In the computer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jimmy Graham, uh, is this something we can expect from him? Um, the six catches for is he more six catches for ninety five yards, or yeah. is he more three catches for thirty five yards and maybe a touchdown? Yes, that's what he's Three more for of. Yep. And the more concerning part is he did have a touchdown called back last week due to holding, but it was also being argued that it was offensive pass interference. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, but he doesn't have a red zone target on the season. The penalty got rid of that one. So he has that's zero red zone targets on the season. So, yeah, sure, he had 90 yards last week. And if you have him, you're starting him because that's promising and he can be a red zone threat. We have him in the middle pack of our tight ends this week, but... No, I'm not sold. Yeah, if you drafted Jimmy Graham high, this is what you get. Uh, Devontae Adams, eight receptions for 64 yards and a touchdown. He seems to be Aaron Rodgers' possession receiver. Like He's not going to be the guy going over the top, but he's going to be the guy that's going to get the most catches and the most targets every game. The best part is that he had 12 targets against Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, so you got to love when yeah. – you got to love it. He's found care. pay dirt despite going up against Xavier Aaron Rodgers Rhodes. doesn't care who's there. He's throwing the ball. Yeah. High end – Play as usual. Another another guy who somehow is not owned in seventy five percent of Yahoo leagues, Geronimo Allison. Geronimo. He was on the waiver wave this week. YouTube.com slash veterans minimum, by the way. Uh, if you want to see that every week. Also the twins come out with waiver uh priorities every single week on Tuesday mornings or Monday nights. Check it out on the site. Tuesday afternoons. At uh brotofantasy.com. You could check that out on. We should start posting the waiver wave on that as well. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. We got see, we got a lot. We, get, we get, see ideas for the website coming. So many possibilities. So many possibilities. But yeah, so Geronimo much room for activities. Geronimo Allison is a guy who should be on the way more than he currently is. Pick him up if you don't have him. He's the number two option on a team that has Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. He's seeing seven targets a game. Would and you start him against the Redskins this week? I would. I have him in, I believe, flex territory in my ranking. Me, I have him at forty-five. Jason at forty-six. So that's definitely flex. flex. Yeah. Wide receiver territory. four flex. I feel like is a good spot to start him. Um, Randall Cobb, after a giant game, four for 30. Uh, which Randall Cobb are we more likely to see this week? The four for 30 or the eight for 118 or whatever I it was I think in the first between game? because most of what he did the first week came from that one big play. Yeah, let's not forget the 75-yard touchdown. But Randall Cobb is always effective when Aaron Rodgers is playing. He'll have a – I mean, he had a, and it's not like have a mediocre game here skins, and there, but uh, – Slot corners, Fabian Morrow. So it's not like that's a uh, 
Last year, an average slot corner so far this year. Lassington Washington, last year Washington was uh, fourth in DVO against DVOA against the slot, but that was with Fuller in as their slot cornerback. A little bit of a different mm-hmm. uh, thing happening this year. Um, is that it? Anyone else you guys want to talk about on the Packers? Sounds I think I'm good right. there. All right, Redskins. Uh, Rob Kelly. Hits the IR, oh, no. which really isn't anything except now you know if you're an AJ Peterson owner, he's going to be the guy for the foreseeable future. So if you picked him up, congratulations. Um, Alex Smith, Jason. Yes. I'm going to let you talk about him first. Kind of kind of shit der sped a little bit there. Listen, I think that, you know what? Call me crazy. Last week was a little encouraging. Okay. And why was All it encouraging? Right because... <laughs> Why do I like Washington Redskins quarterbacks? It's because their floor is so low. I mean, it's because their floor is so high. And they're... Yes. You got it. You got it. (laughs) He had 13 points last week, and he had a terrible game. He didn't throw for any touchdowns, and he only had 14 13. A whole one three. Good thing I started. When quarterbacks have bad games, sometimes that ends up with negative points or five or seven. A Redskins quarterback... It's always guaranteed to get you at least 13 points. If he throws one touchdown, that's already up to 17. That's a fine line. So my point is, Jay Gruden is an offense that likes to throw, and Alex Smith has such a safe floor that his upside might not be where I thought it was at the beginning of the season, but his floor is as high as I thought it was. So, All right, Michael. Now that Jason's done with that, uh, can you give us like the actual like some, some like, yeah, things I don't that make sense? I don't want floor for my quarterback. <laughs> I want a quarterback who's going to get me points, kid. It, with that being said... I'm streaming Alex Smith this week if I need to stream quarterbacks okay. because they're going against Green Bay. That could easily turn into a shootout. Guys, Green Bay's secondary? Listen, that's what I was going to say. Better got, than you think. They got Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson in the draft to yeah. to tighten up their secondary, but that doesn't matter because Doxson and Richardson don't touch the ball much. They throw to, she, Smith throws to Chris Thompson out of the backfield and Jordan Reed, like 80% of his throws. Also, two-thirds of Adrian Peterson's touches, we'll talk about him now too, have come with Washington tied or winning. And this is a game where we expect them to be losing. So what that means is Alex Smith is going to be throwing because AP is their main rusher. Uh, Thompson is a must-start. He's second in the league in running back receptions. Yep. And Just Jordan Reed is a Hanging my hat on Chris Thompson, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, me and you. Yeah, suck it, Jay. Listen, You're way <laughs> higher on Chris Thompson. Okay, than that was someone there. I was off on. Fine. <laughs> but when a guy is literally saying, I'm not going to be healthy until November, and his job is to be a scat back, it worries but me. But if his coach says, fuck that, you're playing, kid, then oh well. But So for those people out there who see a dot being thrown around Twitter, that means average depth of target. So it's uh, the average length that a guy is catching the ball. Uh, the average length that the ball is traveling on a pass. Jordan Reed is only 5.7 this year. So what that means is he's basically been a possession receiver for Alex Smith. Him and Safety Chris valve. Thompson are those guys for him. Um, yep. let's talk a little bit about Jordan Reed. Six for 55, healthy for second week in a row. Um, as crazy as it sounds, six for 55 was probably a tight end one performance last week. I don't know if he it, lost the fumble, which hurt. Okay. Maybe, maybe it wasn't, but those numbers are usually good enough for a tight end one performance. Um, what do you guys think about Jordan Reed this week in a matchup? Uh, that looks to be favorable. Listen, yeah, this I is, love me some Jordan Reed this week. This is why me and Michael were higher on Jordan Reed than you were in our final preseason rankings. Um, if I can get them up on our new BrotoFantasy.com website that oh, yeah. has all of our rankings from the da, whole year. Da, da. BrotoFantasy.com. I repeat, BrotoFantasy. 
Jordan Reed. That was my robot voice. Me and Michael both had a 10, and you had a 14. So you convinced us. You you bought into it a little bit yeah. before we uh, uh, ended off the year. So props to you for that. Yeah. Um, the point I was making is Jordan Reed, when he's healthy, he gets on the field, and guess what? He gets ranked within the top five of the position. Oh, yeah. That's what happens. So when you're drafting a guy as your 10th, the 10th tight end off the board, and you know when he's healthy, he's going to be a top five tight end. Why waste a pick on David Njoku? Agreed. I mean, that's why I don't have David Njoku anywhere, and I have Reed in a couple Because guess what? If Reed gets hurt, fine. Pick up another David Njoku. Yeah. Also, not even considering starting Jamison Crowder this week. I was about to ask, not not really sure what's going on. Led the team in rushing last week with 29 yards. <laughs> oh, boy. But, I mean, last week, week one, he only played about 60% of the targets. You'd be like, oh, he'll play more. He'll get more snaps. targets. Snaps, yeah. This week, he played 90% of the snaps, only saw four targets. Again, very mediocre. And he doesn't have a defined role really anymore because Reed and Thompson are getting the underneath look. I would, I, I, I said this in the offseason. I'll repeat it again. Jamison Crowder is only worth owning when Jordan Reed is out. That's Period. Just, that's true. Period. If Jordan Reed gets hurt, Crowder Seems becomes like much more true. interesting. Crowder's career numbers with Jordan Reed out and his career numbers with Jordan Reed in are starkly different. It's crazy. Yeah. Crowder is not looking like it's a like McCaffrey with Olsen. At all. Um, Paul Richardson looks to be the number one wide receiver uh, in... Money talks. Yeah. Four uh, receptions for 63 yards. Uh, as opposed to, you got to go all the way down the list for this one. Josh Doxson, 37 yards. And, you know, Jehu Chesson. What? <laughs> That's a guy on the team, Jehu Chesson. He's number 16, in case you were wondering. Um, <laughs> talk about everyone. <laughs> but, yeah, we do talk about everyone. But do you start either of those guys in a, in a matchup against the uh, improved secondary of the Packers? If I'm starting one, is Paul Richardson. Um, do I want to start either? The answer is no. I just dropped Paul Richardson in a league. Uh, um. I'm not buying into Definitely it. Definitely not a must-start. Uh, let's go to the f- the next game on the docket. 49ers at Chiefs. Not for nothing, Tim. You're actually getting the order correct today. I got I it, it from I got it from Google. So you guys want to bitch? <laughs> I love it. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, 206 yards in the air, only 26 attempts. Uh, I think most of that was because of just the offense overall. 206 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Jason, one of the things that you said is that Jimmy Garoppolo has a high floor because he always has the yards. Mm-hmm. He didn't get the yards here, but he got the touchdowns in this case. Um, how are you feeling about Jimmy Garoppolo against a Chiefs team that has been lighting up the scoreboard but also getting lit up on the other side? Yeah. Uh, Kansas City's allowed the quarterback one and quarterback three this season. So I want all of the Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Uh, Garoppolo, I mean, the Chiefs have given up 850 passing yards over already this year, which is just absurd. Um, I got a trivia question for you before we bring in the next guy. Can you guys tell me the leading passer, the leading rusher, and the leading receiver? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Leading quarterback. Deshaun Jackson, leading wide receiver. And who's the leading rusher in the NFL? Matt Burita. You're welcome, folks. There you go. Michael knows Off his shit. Off the dome. Matt Burita, 11 carries for 138 yards. Uh, he was running really well. And then he broke up a long run that made it ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But he was running really well uh, all game. Alfred Morris also got 14 carries, 48 yards. How are you looking at that backfield? This is definitely a Matt Breida type game. Yep. This is going to be a shootout. Agreed. It's a Matt Breida type backfield. Ooh. That's what I'm saying. 
Looks, music to my ears. I I reached for Breida in my main league. I drafted him in the fifth round. I w- I believed in him. I hope it works out. Morris will still be involved, but this is definitely a game that supports Breida, and I think it's a game where we'll see he'll be involved in the passing game and get a rush every now and then. I think it's a very good game to have Matt Breida. Four targets, three catches in the passing game. I think that's the, the a really important stat for Matt Breida. Um, Pierre Garcon led the way with four receptions for fifty-seven yards. Dante Pettis had one catch for 35 yards. Um, and then George Kittle, after the big game, only two catches for 22 yards. Again, this game was really a lot of game script. The Niners were having a lot of success on the ground, so they kept it on the ground. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo attempted 26 passes, but there was uh, 25, 26, 28 rushes. So this game was 50-50 on the other end. So not a San Francisco game that you're that you're usually going to see. Yeah. Um, but so but what do you think about Garcon, Pettis, and Kittle? Uh, the passing options. So wide receivers are tough to trust here, in my opinion. But Garcon and Pettis combined for six targets last week. Yeah. And that's when they were the main guys. If Goodwin returns, I expect him to have an immediate impact, and I like him way more than I would Goodwin or Pettis. I mean, excuse me, uh, Garcon or Pettis. If Goodwin's out again, I'm trusting Garcon more. Um, I feel like one of them could have a nice dart throw type of game because they're going up against the Chiefs. But I would I don't know if I'd be able to trust anyone really besides Goodwin. Agreed. I think Goodwin is a wide receiver three that you put into your lineup immediately if he's playing. Uh Garcon is a back end wide receiver three flex type play just because it's Kansas City they're playing. Uh Pettis I wouldn't trust unless Goodwin is out. Him I'd rather start than Garcon actually if Goodwin's out. But when it comes to George Kittle I'm loving the matchup here. Love I think it. this is going to be a George Kittle game. He played the same number of snaps last week. So let people panic and drop him and then pick him up because I'm not worried at all about what happened last week. Vance McDonald or Vince McDonald. Vance. You Vance. got it. Vance McDonald and Jesse James put up 164 yards in a touchdown last week yeah. against Kansas City. Jesse James just had a career game. Like he led the league in uh, receiving yards That's last week. 22 standard points from tight ends. So George Kittle... He's going to have a nice breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Sunday. I was hearing a lot of fantasy analysts talking about Jesse James in the big game. What my Here's what my mind was. I'm not looking to pick up Jesse James. I'm looking to pick up the tight end that plays the Chiefs. Yeah. Jesse think, James, one of five tight ends to be a tight end one in back-to-back weeks. I'll this also year. get into it for the Steelers, but Jesse James was uh, outsnapped by Vance McDonald. Um, the Chiefs have been absolutely on fire. Patrick Mahomes... The second, six touchdowns. That dude. 326 yards. Five rushes for 18 yards, just for good measure. Um, how do you not start Patrick Mahomes in this in this matchup? Everything we said last we start week about Patrick Mahomes, probably not keeping it up. Just throw it out the window, folks. <laughs> yeah. That guy's an absolute animal. He, you can't, you play zone defense against him. He just throws it 180 miles per hour in between the defenders. You play man against him, and what? People. Teams are supposed to cover Kelsey, Hill, Watkins, Hunt, Hunt, all in one turn. This like is at sc- one time. This is a scary offense. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is just unreal. Uh, one thing that we so- said we wanted to see from him is him spread the ball out more. It was kind of just big plays to Tyreek Hill. He listened. Travis Kelsey, one uh, seven receptions for 109 and two touchdowns. Sammy Watkins had 100 yards in the air on six receptions. Tyreek Hill had 90 yards and a touchdown on five receptions. Uh, even Chris Conley got into the action, catching a touchdown. Kareem Hunt caught a touchdown. 
Demarcus Robinson caught a touchdown. This guy was spreading these touchdowns all over the place. Um, you, I mean, there's no reason why at this point in the year the 49ers should scare you. I mean, all these guys outside Demarcus Robinson are great plays in Chris in Chris Conley. Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Tyree Kill, Kareem Hunt, you could expect them to be top of their class, I think. I disagree. <clears throat> you got to slowly roll on Sammy Watkins. A Sammy bit. Watkins, another guy I'd sell high on immediately if I could. It literally took – he had six receptions for 100 yards. That's what it took. It took Patrick Mahomes having literally a career game for Sammy Watkins to be fantasy relevant, and he didn't even find the end zone when he threw six touchdowns. Don't forget the week before, he had three receptions for 21 yards. I I don't even have Sammy Watkins in my top 36 receivers this week. Do it two weeks in a row, Sammy. I challenge you to do that for once in your life. Jason? I'm siding with Michael here. I have him at 37. I think you can start him. But I'm definitely not sold. Uh, this is a typical... This is what happens with... Uh, I was going to say Brodo Fantasy because I'm looking at the website. This is what happens with Sammy Watkins. He has a game and then people panic. Like, oh, yeah, Sammy Watkins is alive. Like, all right, we'll, we'll see. Kareem Hunt, 18 carries for 75 yards on the ground. Uh, caught one pass for five yards. It was a touchdown. It Last year was a little different case with Alex Smith. He really loved throwing a Kareem Hunt. But now you have a guy who can get it down the field, and he's less prone to the check down. If you're the Kareem Hunt owner, I'm not saying you're scared, but are you a little disappointed considering you expected a workhorse role and he's not really getting it? It's a little concerning. I mean, he's... Uh He's run 33 routes this year, and he's been targeted on two of them. Oof. Last season, he was targeted on 20% of his routes. 20% in this case would be basically seven if you round off. Yep. So that's five less targets that he's seen, and five is a pretty significant number when it comes to targets. That's, that's a whole game. For Especially for receivers. running backs. Yeah. So it's definitely a little concerning, but... Uh, I mean, you just got to stay course and hope that stuff changes. Uh, the Chiefs' offense has been high-flying to start the season, and perhaps if teams start to adjust, then Mahomes will start to attack underneath a little more with Hunt. And it's not like Kareem Hunt isn't going to score a rushing touchdown this year. Anyone not else? every touchdown is going to be through the air. Anyone else you guys want to touch on this, this one? Hunt scored last week, no? He scored in a pass. On a I mean, as long as he scores. It was basically a run. Raiders at uh, Dolphins is the next one. Uh Derek Carr had a little bit of a resurgence as Shut well. Shut up. Why am I shutting up? Shut up. 29 for 32. Shh. And they still lost. We don't Shut talk up. good about Derek Carr on this show. Hey, hey, hey. I like Derek Carr. Um, Amari Cooper, 10 Shh. receptions. Shut up. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, guys. 10 receptions on 10 targets. That means he caught him. Unbelievable. He caught him. He caught each one of them. <laughs> Guys, it's a miracle. 116 yards. If you're an Amari Cooper owner, are you are you just offering a trade to everyone? Listen, man. People, do you know how many people I saw on Twitter claiming victory for Amari Cooper in their draft because he had won a good game? My favorite thing to do when it comes to things like this, like Amari Cooper, Sammy Watkins, who just had two big games, uh, one big game each. Gronkowski went two catches for 15 yards last week. It's one week, folks. It's one week. It's not like they're going to be better than Rob Gronkowski the rest of the year. Shit happens. And for this case, Cooper and Watkins just happen to both have good weeks at the same time. Two guys I'm still not buying into because do it two weeks in a row. In a row, please. Cooper's going to be covered by Zavian Howard most of the time. Zavian Howard's a good defender. Derek Carr is not going to be a ridiculously efficient quarterback every week from here on out. If I could say one thing to help out Amar Cooper's case is that he's coming out of the slot more this year. And that's a good thing. He's always been a better receiver out of the slot. And I thought John Gruden was too old 
old school to give him some work out of the slot, but he has been doing it. So that could give him a safer floor than we've been saying he has. But I'm obviously still not sold as well. But just something to keep in mind. Do it two weeks in a row, Cooper. Um, Jared Cook, two weeks in a row, pretty decent game. Four catches, 49 yards. Um, is he in the tight end one conversation? As expected, he reverted back to regular tight end numbers. He's always been a guy who's just a normal tight end. So, I mean, tight ends really suck. So, of course, he's a solid low-end tight end one option, but not someone I'm super excited about. Marshawn Lynch, 18 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this week going against the Dolphins, who was really tough against the running game against the, the uh, Jets last week. Um, what do you guys think about Marshawn Lynch this week? I think that Marshawn Lynch has bailed himself out of two terrible performances with two touchdowns. And if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's not going to help you at all. He's very touchdown dependent. So I have him as a flex play. I wouldn't. I don't trust him at all. As a I mean, I think he has a solid shot at getting in the end zone this week. And he is getting the rushes. It's not like Doug Martin's going to take the job from him. So he's averaging less than 60 yards a game, though. You're not playing any of these guys I'm about to mention, but I'm just going to mention them. Seth Roberts, three catches uh, for 43 yards and a touchdown doing Seth Roberts things. Martavis Bryant, who had found out he failed a drug um, test and is now playing under uh, uh, I'm sorry, appeal. Four catches for 30 yards and Jordy Nelson, two catches for 30 yards. Moving on to the Dolphins side. Real quick. Yes. The Raiders traded for Martavis Bryant, a third-round pick. But Josh Gordon went for a fifth. <sighs> the Raiders continue to do Raider things. On the other side, the Dolphins defeated the Jets last week. Ryan Daniel played eight, uh, only 168 yards and two touchdowns. But the best part about it, eight carries for 44 yards. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was a running quarterback, one of the most under underappreciated running quarterbacks in the league before he got hurt. Um, with so the ACL, with the ACL, you got a little a little scared. But it looks like he's not going to be afraid to run. Ryan Tannehill. What's your thoughts on Ryan Tannehill? No. no. They're a run-first offense. Uh, Tannehill is able to run a little bit on the Jets because the Jets play a lot of man defense. So when you got half the team up the field and half the team running at you, if you get past them, you got a lot of room to run. So uh, he's just not going to throw enough to be fantasy relevant. Despite the fact that Kenyon Drake continues to look more and more impressive every time you see him, Frank Gore continues to split the carries almost evenly. 11 carries to 9 carries on the ground, but Drake does put 53 yards up and a touchdown. Uh, four catches as well, so he's clearly the catching back and whoever they're going to be on with the two-minute drill. That's, I mean, that's obvious. Um, what, are your, what are your outlooks against the Raiders this, this week? So not unexpectedly to us, Drake has been a top five back so far this year according to PFF. So, I mean, he's doing his thing, but just Gore keeps getting work, stealing like 35-ish percent of the work, which is super frustrating, but you got to ride it out if you're a Drake owner. Uh, Gurley and Lindsey both had over 100 rushing yards against the same Raiders team. So I think Drake is in a dream matchup here. And if he starts hot, I don't see Gore really cutting into his workload as much. So I, I could see Kenny and Drake getting like 17, 18 carries over 100 yards and a touchdown in this game. Yeah. Jason. Agreed. The Raiders are allowing 130 yards in the ground per game. And then week one, they give up that shovel pass touchdown to Todd Gurley, too. So Kenyon Drake will be involved, and he should do well. Let uh, Anyone else you guys want to talk about? On the, the, we didn't talk about the uh, receiving options. Kenny so, Stills, after a big game, two for 17. Uh, is Kenny Stills more week one Kenny Stills or week two Kenny Stills? Yeah, Michael has Kenny Stills as a wide receiver three. I don't. I have him as my 40th wide receiver. 
I don't think the Dolphins, you can trust any of their wide receivers. Tannehill's attempted 51 attempts in two games. That's an average of 26 a game. And we were just talking about how Garoppolo throwing 28 times was uh, upsetting to see. So that's basically Tannehill's ceiling. So I'm not trusting any of these receivers, especially because Devontae Parker's expected back this week. So he's just adding another name to a big group of people. Stills will break out and have a long touchdown once in a while, but I'm not starting him expecting that. I think people are overreacting a bit about last week. He's their number one. He's a solid wide receiver three, in my opinion. Albert Wilson and Danny Amendola combined for seven catches. Wilson with 37 yards and a touchdown. Amendola for 32 yards. You're playing neither of those guys unless you're desperate. Or Devontae Parker if he plays. Or or Devontae Parker if he plays. Um, Let's go on to our second-to-last game of the first slate. Colts at Eagles. Um, The Colts put on some... uh, a nice show. Uh, Andrew Luck turned the ball over a couple times, but their defense played really well. Um, 179 yards in the air, two touchdowns, two turnovers for, I mean, two touchdowns and two interceptions, excuse me, for Andrew Luck. So not the best game, but definitely uh, got T.Y. Hilton, his numbers, seven receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they are in a matchup against the Eagles, who, I'm sorry, yes, the Eagles, whose secondary is much better than the Redskins' secondary. So how are we feeling about the Colts in this game? Uh, I'll just run through them. Uh, me and Michael both agree that Andrew Luck is a mid-range quarterback, too, here. Uh, his average depth of target is lowest in the league. He's been very conservative since coming back. He yeah, really you could tell they're, two years. they're easing him back into the game. Yes. Last week was pretty ideal for the Colts, in my opinion, though. The fact that they were able to hold the lead and they didn't have to overwork Andrew Luck. But yeah, but this, that's probably not going to happen against the yeah, defending Super Bowl against the Eagles, it's unlikely to happen again. Uh the Eagles have stuffed the running back on 39% of their runs against them this year, which is an insane number. Uh, so Marlon Mack, who had 18 snaps last week, and Wilkins and Hines each had 24. All of them I'm not even touching in a little bit. Uh, Hilton has had 11 targets and a touchdown exactly both weeks of this season, and Julio and Mike Evans both had at least 16 standard points against Indy. So Hilton is someone I'm playing, and obviously. Lastly, Ryan Grant... Sucked it up last week. So you got to wait and see with that guy. Jack Doyle. Eric Ebron caught a touchdown. Tim turned to us and was like, I told you he's the tight end to own. But (laughs) no. Doyle's run 81 routes this year. Ebron's run 34. So the way I see it, Doyle's a tight end one and Ebron is a touchdown dependent tight end two because he's going to do nothing if he doesn't catch a touchdown. Doyle has a nice safe floor. He's going to have a few catches per game. If I'm if I'm Agreed. looking at a tight end, I don't want the in between the twenty seven. I want Eric Ebron. I do. Why would you want the you want the guy with nine targets a game or a guy with three targets in the red zone a game for a tight end? I want the guy with three targets in the red zone. Agree to disagree. I'd rather have Doyle as well. I just think you're nuts. Uh, I prefer Jordan Wilkins of the bunch this week. Seems like Max still being eased in, or they're just running a full on committee. Ten and ten carries ten for each of them carries. last Four year. Four for Hines. Yeah. Hines actually had the touchdown, yeah, which he was interesting to see. Jordan Wilkins was by far the most uh, effective. He had 60 rushing yards. He left for a bit with an injury, so maybe he would have ended up with even more attempts. Wilkins is the only one I'm considering as like a running back three, but that's about it in the running game. All right, let's go over to the Eagles side. Carson Wentz. Makes his return. The Carson Wentz return is here. His triumphant return against a Colts defense that honestly looked a lot better uh, than they had in in the last few years. Are you playing Carson Wentz in his return? If I I don't know why you guys haven't said yes yet. If I have to, 
Yes. What do you mean? I have him as my quarterback 11. Yo, Carson Wentz in his first game back. All right, Tim. Aaron Rodgers or Carson Wentz? Aaron Rodgers or Carson? Yeah, go. Rodgers. Let's go. Pat Mahomes. Mahomes. Brady. Brady. Cousins. Cousins. Cam. Cam. Garoppolo. Jimmy. Breeze. Breeze. Fitzpatrick. Wentz. Watson. Wentz. Stafford. Wentz. Russ. You're bugging. You're bugging. Wentz. Jeez. Against the Colts defense? Give me care. all that in a bag of chips. You're talking about a quarterback who... And with J.H.I. possibly out. So much with his legs. Either way, you put him as like your quarterback, 8 or 9. Yeah, 9. I, would I, say have, nine. Him at, I have him at 11, so we're not I have him at 16. Off. I would say around 9 is, is where I'd have him. I think Jason's a little off here. Um, You know what? Like, Tim, I'm sorry. I have to cut you off here because Jason yeah. tweeted from Porto today. And it pissed me off <laughs> about Jordan Matthews having an effect on Nelson Aguilar. Uh, well, that is not going to happen. Listen, You're bugging. I agree. I agree. I agree, Jason. Here, you guys, they both play the same position. Dude, Jordan Matthews is not. You're talking about a guy who has one good season on his resume ever. Yes, I know it was for the Eagles, but he—that's literally the last what three or four years he's either been injured and, or not producing and has just been released repeatedly. Hey, Tim, did we ask if Jordan Matthews is good? No. They wanted a guy to extend the field, a la Mike ask? Wallace. We asked who, what position he plays in the answer slot receiver. Aguilar played 40% of the snaps last this year on the outside. Only 60% in the slot. But that's, so it's not like he's only in the slot. He also caught the but touchdown he's better in the slot. Right, that's outside. the concerning part is that he's, a, he's able to play the outside. So when Jordan Matthews comes in, Matthews will play the slot. He'll play the outside. The only problem is Aguilar is significantly better more effective out of the slot. And that's the problem. It's not. It's, it's not like we don't think he's gonna steal Aguilar snaps. It's he's gonna push Aguilar outside, and when Aguilar's outside, he's just not nearly as effective. Aguilar is a target monster. Yes, it doesn't. It's not gonna matter. Without a doubt, I th- it'll matter he's though. Still gonna get slot work. Jordan Matthews is gonna gonna come in and play ninety percent of the snaps. To say that there's no way this has an effect, you're crazy. There's no way it has an effect. I'm not surprised if Jordan Matthews is released next week. Look, I'm fine. I'm, I mean, me neither. I'm not saying it's definitely gonna have an effect. Maybe I'd give it. 30-70 that it has an effect. 30 on the low side. Is willing but to it trade, can. If someone's willing to trade Aguilar cheap because they think Jordan Matthews is going to have an effect on buying Aguilar. Um, let's go in the backfield. Jay Ajay got hurt last week but still salvaged a touchdown. Me and Michael both, Jay Ajay owners, were like, oh my God, we can't believe Jay Ajay is going to give us one point and then salvage with a touchdown. Negative a point seven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> negative point seven. Um, if he misses the game, is Corey Clement a must start for you? Yeah. Course. Without yes, a doubt, without a sure. doubt, yeah. Although I do think Wendell Smallwood might eat into his into the work a little bit. It doesn't care. matter. Clement's the guy who's going to get an end zone rush. The lead back against the Colts, give me that. Yeah. Um, Zach Ertz, 11 catches last week. Hello. Ertz has the most targets of any tight end. Gotta love Zachary Ertz. Uh, we talked about how good Nelson Aguilar is out of the slot. Eight for 88 last week and a touchdown. The touchdown wasn't out of the slot, just saying. Jo- oh, beautiful catch <laughs> that it w- on the outside in I the mean, red zone. He speaks truth. Remarkable. Joshua Perkins got a 57 down. yards on five carries. Uh, Corey Clement, five catches for 55 yards. And Kamir Aiken, a formerly of... of Kamar Aiken. Kamar Aiken, excuse me, formerly of the Clay Baltimore... Aiken. Yeah, Clay Aiken, as the Twins used to call him, formerly of Baltimore. Five catches out of the, out of the backfield. Which receiving options... Out of the backfield? What did I say? You said out of the backfield. Oh, no, not out of the backfield. Um... Which receiving options do you like? And on top of that, if Alshon Jeffrey makes his way back. He's not going to this week. It's unlikely. Yeah. Very unlikely. Okay, so let's not to worry about that this week then. 
Uh, which passing options do you like? Uh, we already talked about Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar's the only one. Aguilar and Ertz. Yes. And Ertz, of course. That's They're it. both target monsters. They get more than yeah. half the targets. So what are you expecting out of Aguilar this week? So let's say, all right, uh, Aguilar or Will Fuller? Aguilar. Aguilar. Really? We're both high on Aguilar this week, yeah. Interesting. Aguilar's uh, been a tight oh, wide receiver two all year. Aguilar or Robert Woods? Aguilar. Aguilar. Aguilar or Kenny Galladay? Aguilar. Aguilar or uh, Larry Fitzgerald if he plays? Aguilar. Ooh, you guys are high on Aguilar. <laughs> Disclaimer, <laughs> everyone you mentioned is basically in like kind of after him. So it's people we like. It's just we like Aguilar. Right, right. That's why I did it on purpose because guys who are kind of close. Yeah. Let me say Dude, and anyone saying like, oh, maybe Nick Folson's there. Maybe Aguilar won't be... Uh, targeted as many times because Nick Foles kind of sucks. It's a quarterback upgrade. A quarterback upgrade is never bad. All right, so <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, the Titans, this is what's funny about it. Their leading passer had 117 yards. Their leading rusher had 56 yards. Somehow they won the game. Yep. Somehow. It happened. That's why I was mind-boggled. The Crook Texans was lost. leading receiver. Yes, Kevin Byard. Is on their passing list here because he threw the fake punt. It's a crick shank. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's why I was laughing because it's, it's like uh, Blaine Gabbert, Kevin Biard, uh, Byard, and uh, Derrick Henry. So those are the guys who were in the – Derrick Henry threw a pass too? I missed yeah, that. I missed it. They were they were doing whatever they needed to do last yeah. week without Mariota. <laughs> it worked. Um, their running game is continues to be extremely inefficient. Uh, both rushers ca- uh, average about 3.1 yards a carry. Um, Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, how are you feeling about them this week against the Jaguars? So last week when leading, they were winning most of the game. Uh, Derrick Henry outsnapped Deion Lewis and sucked. When they're losing, Deion Lewis outsnaps Derrick Henry and was much better. When Tennessee's facing Jacksonville, what do you expect them to be doing? Probably losing. Got Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis over. is a solid start this week. Derrick Henry shouldn't be touched. Jason, Jason explained that as if he was like a teacher in a second grade classroom. And I was the one, <laughs> and now I'm like over here, like the teacher's pet. You're right. Yes. You're right. Uh, Corey Davis. What ah. about him? He sucked. Look. Per he, usual. Corey Davis. Yo, he did not suck. He. Stop it. Last week. Blaine Gabbert threw him the ball. Five receptions for 55 yards once again, letting down anyone who started him. So he now is a nightmare of a matchup against. The Jaguars going up against either Ramsey or Boye. Maybe Gabbert is still starting. Who knows there? Doesn't matter who's starting because I'm keeping Corey Davis sat on my bench this week. Have uh, fun. Have fun for all the suckiness that you say Corey Davis had, yes, he did go for 55 yards on five catches. Um, 55 yards was 47% of the entire output that Blaine Gabbert had. I'm so aware, you, but I will take the guy getting 50% of an offense. Thank oh you very much. God. I'll take him. Dude, we're we're gonna have a Corey Davis special episode where we just argue about him for like an hour, <laughs> for real. Because you it you like boil my blood. He is a target animal, and he does nothing with it. We went over this yet, last week. yet, yes. So until then, going against the Jaguars, he is not startable. Oh, against the Jaguars, no, don't start him. Yeah, I'm. I, I have him, and I'm not starting him. All right, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Just, I'm so just saying. Why, why use that argument now when you're? I'm just saying he's a startable option, but against the Jaguars, nah, I'm done. Chill. Don't. Especially don't do if it. it's Gabbert. Yeah. Gabbert yeah. might end with 100. Definitely don't start him against the Jaguars. Let's go to the Jaguar side. I Blake, wish I had Jaguars defense more. Blake hits. Bortles looking like the best quarterback in the history of fucking life. 376 yards, four touchdowns for Blake the Snake Bortles. Guys, I got some stats for you here, okay? Shoot, kid. Blake Bortles. 
With Leonard Fournette on the Jaguars. He's played 14 games with Leonard Fournette, four games without Leonard Fournette. First off, they're 4-0 without Leonard Fournette, and they're averaging way more points per game, way more yards per play. Anything you can think of, they're better without Leonard Fournette on the field. Secondly, this is what I want to say. In the four games without Leonard Fournette, Blake Bortles is averaging 320 passing yards, two and a quarter touchdowns, and has thrown one interception. Total. Total. That was last four game. games. Against the Patriots. If he threw an interception, yes, and that was the last game. Yes, he did. In the other 14 games, he's averaging 210 passing yards, just over one touchdown per game, and an interception per game. So why do you think that is? Because, honestly, what um, I, I, what's the term? Um, layman's? In layman's term? No, nah, like, uh, like conventional wisdom. There you go. Conventional wisdom says you have a bruising back like Leonard Fournette. You could feed him, feed him, feed him, and then go off the play action, and that makes a quarterback more effective. What do you think it is that Blake makes Blake Borders better without Fournette? It just seems like they completely open up the playbook without Leonard Fournette there. It's like when Leonard Fournette is there, they want to be a ground-and-pound team who wins playing defense. When Leonard Fournette isn't there, they're like, okay, I guess Bortles has to do better. Let's open up the playbook and throw downfield. And he's way better that way. The, well, the one year where he broke out and had a monster year is with A-Rob and Hearns throwing downfield repeatedly. And it turns out Hearns was, isn't even a good receiver. And A-Rob, that's his only like great year. Who knows if he's even that great? Did? Wow, that's a good point. Did Blake Bortles make those receivers better? Yeah. It's Uh-oh. it's it's a crazy thought. <laughs> it's a Jason Spade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been talking bad about Allen Robinson all offseason, and now I'm like, whoa. <laughs> it might have been Blake. There you go. It, <laughs> or the, the place where they have to pass, and they believe in Blake Bortles, and... That's what happens when they believe in him, apparently. And I'm not even a big Blake Bortles believer, but it's a, it's a small sample size. But the stats speak for themselves. If uh, Fournette is out, I'm streaming Blake Bortles. If he's in, I'm probably not. It's it's gotten to that point. Interesting. I think that's a fair argument. What about the back? Uh, Bortles also six carries for 35 yards. One of the, another shady running quarterback that you can count for five rushes at least a game from. Oh him. yeah. Mm-hmm. Shady. Um, TJ Yeldon, 10 carries out of the backfield for 58 yards. They didn't really run much. What they did was pass the ball and swing it out to Corey Grant, who had f- six catches and 56 yards. He looked great out of the backfield. Yeah. I just, I, in our rankings, we assume that Fournette's going to play this week because he was so close to playing last week. And if Fournette's playing, Yeldon and Grant aren't going to be involved much. No. If he doesn't, Yeldon should be a solid RB2, and Grant definitely has some flex appeal. Yeah. I, I honestly agree with that for every single word to word. Um, Keelan Cole made one of the more spectacular catches in the history boy, of football. Making oh, yeah. me proud. Um, guys, stop the presses. I have to I have to give credit where credit is due. At Bro, Brodo, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, BrotoFantasy.com. Jason Petropolis, our own. The entire fantasy community was perplexed on what to do about the Jaguars wide receiver core. The entire fantasy community thought that D.D. Westbrook was probably the best bet. The entire fantasy community said don't draft any Jaguars wide receivers. Jason Petropoulos sat here and said, not only am I going to tell you to draft Keelan Cole in every draft, I'm going to draft Keelan Cole in every draft. And I was there for two of the drafts where he did it. He He had to write in Keelan Cole's name. And when he put it up on the board, everyone laughed at him. Well, who's laughing now? <laughs> Dude. Keelan Cole, seven receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Broto fantasy in the motherfucking house. Even when Marquise Lee was still supposed to play, 
I I grabbed Keelan Cole at the end of a best ball draft, nice. just because like why Solid. not? And there it goes. It's exactly Keelan why. Keelan Cole has three one hundred yard games in his last five. This guy's a wide receiver too. He might not have the name. He might not have the team. But the Jaguars do throw the ball, and when they throw it, it's a funnel offense. It's to their receivers. Keelan Cole is the number one receiver there. He's a wide receiver, too, every week. What about D.D. Westbrook? Four receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown. He had a big game, too. He had that one big catch that really uh, padded the stats. I think Westbrook is a flex appeal, more so if Fournette's not playing, like Michael said earlier. Listen, the Titans also have given up long touchdowns. It's, it's been two games. They already gave up long touchdowns to Kenny Stills. Nuke and Will Fuller. The Titans are bottom five in points allowed per target. Makes sense. Malcolm Butler has been the most targeted corner. He's allowed over 250 yards himself already this year. So, I mean, not I'm firing good. up Keelan Cole. Uh, Dante Moncrief does what Dante Moncrief does best. Caught a touchdown. Um, nice to see him out there. One weakness that you see in this Jaguars team, and this Jaguars team doesn't have much weaknesses, but one weakness that you see is they don't have a real red zone threat. Austin Safarian Jenkins catches a touchdown, should have caught a touchdown last game, has two red zone receptions. Guys, my bold prediction, Austin Safarian Jenkins catches 10 touchdowns this year. Interesting. It's not a great start, but... Why, why not? I mean, he has one through two. He yeah. has one. That's he, an average of eight. So. Look, look, yeah, but he, he kidding. should have caught the, the one, but he got, he got called back because of a penalty. He not should have nothing. caught it. I said against the Patriots, he had a very good shot of catching a touchdown. He Griffin did. had three... Looks in the red zone the week before. But with that being said, ASJ is very touchdown dependent at the moment. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. So is like 75% of the tight ends. Um, That'll do it for us. Uh, For episode one, I don't think I missed a player this time. You didn't miss a player? You didn't didn't skip an entire team? You didn't skip around the Yeah, you didn't even say... Actually, did you forget the wide receivers for like the Jets or something? No. No. no, no. We did it all. I did it. Tim? Guys, I'm, I'm growing. We release a website, and Timmy becomes a, an yeah. even better host. Time to step our game up. Michael, <laughs> where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. Jason. Jason Patrop. At Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, frisky. real frisky. Uh, at Brodo Fantasy for anything fantasy related. BrotoFantasy.com for all the rankings. <sighs> and to get links to the show through SoundCloud. Uh, I, we're available on iTunes. We're available on SoundCloud, so go check us out there. Um, also YouTube, we just started a YouTube channel. We have one video up there. We're hoping to get more videos coming soon. Um, but let's build some subscribers. Go up there. Give us a, look, just subscribe. It's not going to be, it's not going to hurt your life in any way. Just subscribe. Come on. And you'll know when we drop our next video. Come on. Um, but for anything else, uh, at Brodo Fantasy is the place to do it or, or BrotoFantasy.com. Until next time. See ya. Peace.